coming up. And then years later, Pete is at the gate of the temple. And this man is begging. And Pete says, I don't have no silver or gold. But what I do have, I'm going to give you. And, I, and can you just see the, the, the replay in his head? The withered tree, the withered tree, the withered tree. And Pete says, rise up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> it, it is enough to be like our teacher. It's enough. Pete got the message. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Here's something to think about. How often do you stop and reflect on the lessons you've learned in life? Daily? Weekly? Never? Thankfully, we have a teacher who doesn't mind teaching the most important things we need to know. In the message series, Lessons from Walking with Jesus, Pastor Robert unpacks some truths we can depend on taken directly from the life and perspective of the greatest teacher that ever lived and those who walked with him. Here's the final part of the message, promotion of prayer. Number five, write this now. Be sure to understand the power of prayer. Be sure to understand the power of prayer. Mark 11, 20 through 24. The next morning, as they passed by the fig tree, he had cursed. The disciples noticed it and, and, and it, and it had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. So now I want to pause for a second because as we walk with Christ. We need to pay attention to what's happening around us. Here, Peter, he paid attention. He, 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 he noticed. The disciples noticed. They, 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 now, remember, that. Remember, uh, and, I, and I'm not going to go back over it, but when Jesus saw the fig tree, he saw the leaves from a distance on the tree. He was hungry. He saw the leaves from a distance. Um, and so because he saw the leaves... He said there must there may be some fruit on it. So he goes to it. So his interns, disciples, apprentices, saw their teacher going over here. So they said, well, let's, let's go too. Because the text tells us when he cursed the tree, they heard it. What they heard was the end part of his prayer. Is what they really heard. And Jesus makes that clear right here and as we read this. It goes on to read in Mark 11, um, uh, verse 22. Then Jesus said to disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, that you received it, it will be yours. So you see how when they asked him about the fig tree, Jesus tied this to praying. He said, Look, Father, look, Master, the, the, the tree you curse has withered and died. 
And Jesus started talking about prayer. That was his response. Because what they had witnessed with the tree was an object lesson about prayer. And what he's trying to communicate to them is that prayer is powerful. And he even says it. He says, if you believe, you can tell a mountain to move. Okay? Now, he's not saying go move mountains. Not fit literal mountains. It wouldn't make much sense. There wouldn't be no purpose in that. But he is saying, though, that that's, you can do some great things if you believe. It was an object lesson. And guess what? They saw him do it. It wasn't just words. Now they have an incident, an experience that they can tie the power of prayer to, and it's that withered up tree. They saw it happen. Peter got the message. How do you know? Uh, Acts 3, 6, and 7. Look what it says. Then Peter said, he's at the temple gates. The, the beggar's at the gate. Look what Peter says. Peter says, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do ha have, I give you. What I do have, I give you. In the name of of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Now, I, walk with me now. Peter witnessed Christ telling a tree, you ain't going to bear no more fruit. And comes back and sees it, and it's withered to the roots. He asked Jesus about it. Jesus says, you know, basically, prayer, prayer is powerful, Pete. And then years later, Pete is at the gate of the temple. And this man is begging. And Pete says, I don't have no silver or gold. But what I do have, I'm going to give you. And, I, and can you just see the, the, the replay in his head? The withered tree. The withered tree. The withered tree. And Pete says, rise up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> it, it is enough to be like our teacher. It's enough. Pete got the message, and he put it into practice, and the man rose up. Verse 7, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Peter got the message. And number six, there are some prerequisites to effective prayers. I know it's a long word. Just take your time and write it. There are some prerequisites to effective prayer. And all that means is some things that are required beforehand to have effective prayers. Mark eleven twenty two and 25 goes on and says, it, uh, it says here, Then Jesus said to the disciples, after they asked him about the tree, he says, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone who are holding, you are holding a grudge against so that your father in heaven will forgive your sins too. So there are some prerequisites. Now, I'm not going to talk about all of them right now, but I am going to pull four out of this passage 
that Jesus said is a prerequisite to effective prayer. The first one is have faith in God. Have faith in God. It requires faith in God to have an effective prayer. Hebrews 11.6 tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must believe that he is God. He is God, and he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. I want to tell you this because sometimes we ask folks to pray for us, and, and they, they might pray, but it ain't going nowhere. Okay. It's an ineffective prayer. Because a lot of folks are saying, I pray for you, but they don't even have faith in God. Okay? They can't even check the first box out of these four. They, they got faith in themselves. You know what they got faith in? They got faith in their own desire. Not God. This, this is my desire. Well, I really want it. So no, it, it takes more than the will of man to have an effective prayer. Jesus says it takes faith in God. And then the second thing he puts here of the four that we're going to talk about today, but you, and he says, but you must really believe it will happen and no doubt in your heart. So not only do you got to have faith in God, you, you got to have faith in God, and that means you're in relationship with God. You believe in God, and now he says you got to believe whatever it is you're praying for is going to happen. In your heart. No, really believe it's going to happen. Don't just want it to happen. It's, it's past that. It's, it's past that. It's believe it's going to happen. See, that's what Peter prayed when he prayed for the man at the gate. He says, rise up. He wasn't saying, see, you know, let's see if you can rise up. A ain't what he's saying. No, he, he was saying, no, you about to rise up. You, you about to rise up. Remember, he watched Jesus says to the tree. <laughs> To the tree, you you ain't gonna you you ain't gonna nobody's gonna eat fruit of you ever again. He heard Jesus say that, so he tells the man to rise up. So you gotta believe it's gonna happen. Effective prayer, and then the third thing, he says, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. Y'all y'all know everybody can't pray then. Because y'all know, y'all know, Jesus says a requirement of you having an effective prayer is that, that that grudge you're holding, that bitterness you have in your heart, it got to go. Okay, the, the person, the people that offended you, that you've been, you know, hanging on to and just upset and bitter and resentful about, Jesus said you're going to have, you're going to be an effective prayer, that got to go. Okay. You, you got to get rid of that. See, Jesus is, is telling us how important prayer is to the life of a believer. And you got to get rid of that unforgiveness in your heart to have an effective prayer. And then the fourth in this, he says, it goes on to say, so that your father in heaven will forgive your sins too. So not only do you gotta you gotta forgive others, you got to get your sins forgiven. You got to confess your own sins as a requirement to have being effective prayer. A lot of us is going around and saying, "Oh, that person offended me," you know, and I forgive you. 
you know, because you offended me. And that's, that's all they're living on is what folks have done to them. Ain't thinking about it all what you've done to other people. <laughs> that, you know, you know what? You need to say I'm sorry too. <laughs> you know, it's not just them telling you sorry. And Jesus is saying you have to be an, to be an effective prayer. It requires you to forgive others and for you to ask God to forgive you because you ain't all of that. You're going to be an effective prayer. So here in these passages in Mark 11, Jesus as the master teacher is giving some lessons on prayer to his interns, his apprentices, his disciples as they walk with him. As they walk with him. He's teaching them about prayer. He's teaching them to make prayer their primary activity. He's teaching them to be promoters of prayer. He's teaching them to be protectors of prayer. He's teaching them to understand that prayer should prevail to all groups. And he's teaching them that they need to understand how powerful prayer is. And they need to understand he's teaching them that there are some requirements to be an effective prayer. So, folks, the fact, the activity of communicating with God is highly important. We should take that to heart, first of all, personally for ourselves, that we are actively in communication with God ourselves. And secondly, that we are doing things so that others can be actively in communication with God. Especially when we live in a world and a society now with social media, that people are more interested in giving their opinion than giving God's opinion. People are bombarded with conversations with other people. And I say bombarded and not a lot of conversations. And that's the most important conversation any person could ever have, is say, I was talking with God today. God bless you. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I've made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes, and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, Transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. 
You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at QuenchLifeCF to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. So it's so important that we get into our spirit that as the world is becoming unlike our teacher, it is enough that if I be like my teacher, so that we're not pulled into the whirlwind of the world going away from the teacher. Because the world is going away from the teacher, y'all, big time. Just open your eyes. And so we have to have our minds made up that I'm going to be satisfied with being like the teacher, even when everything around me is not. Thank you for listening.